It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 105 of the Locked On Braves podcast. I am your host, Dylan Short. As always, Locked On Braves is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, spanning all of your favorite teams, spanning all of your favorite sports, found anywhere you like to go to listen to your podcasts, whether that be iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, TuneIn, whatever. You can find the Locked On Podcast Network basically everywhere, helping you stay up to date on everything you need to know and nothing you don't in the sports world so you can be that guy that everybody gathers around at the water cooler helping you be the fan that you want to be the Locked On Podcast Network and the Locked On Braves proud to bring you shows Monday through Friday through this delayment as I mentioned yesterday we will be providing you with Locked On shows while we're at break they'll still be Monday through Friday if you guys want to I've got a poll up on my Twitter at Dylan X Short asking your guys' advice on what you guys want from your shows for this hiatus which chances are is going to go longer than expected because players aren't going to be able to just go straight from not practicing for three weeks to, to throw in full games and, and hitting full games. There will be an, an abridged version of spring training. So if you guys want to let me know what type of shows you're looking for or what you're interested in, go to my Twitter, at DylanXShort, vote on the poll, and let me know. But until then, I told you guys yesterday I'm planning on doing prospect breakdowns for the top 30 prospects for the Atlanta Braves, and I'm going to start that today. I'm going to start from 30 to 1 just because I think it's more fun to do that, builds a little bit of suspense. Uh, for those of you that are prospect inclined, you should really enjoy these. Locked on guests, you're getting these a lot earlier than anybody else. I had not planned on releasing a top 30 at all, as I'm no longer, I'm not really writing for anybody this season. So for the TPS listeners, um, you guys don't tell anybody else because I was planning on doing this a little bit later for TPS. But for Locked On, you guys are a little bit lucky. You guys get to get it first. Hopefully you enjoy them. First up, number 30. This one is a little bit trickier. Now, I know it's it's the 30th prospect, so it's really not supposed to matter. Uh, but the Braves have a lot of prospects that I think are right around this same area. So I've, I've got a few that just missed. I mean, I could have thrown in like A.J. Graffanino. Uh, I could have thrown in a few others, really. I mean, there's a lot of guys. It's not quite as stocked as it was a few years ago, but the Braves still have a fair number of guys that are that are right around this sort of talent level. I could have thrown in A.J. Graffanino. I could have thrown in a few others. Um, but I decided to go with one of the draft picks from last season, the shortstop, Bo Phillip. So Bo Phillip, when he was drafted, not a lot of people really knew the name. Uh, I believe it was uh, it's either Oregon State or Oklahoma State. Um one of one of those states out there, but he's a, he's a guy that's strictly a glove first shortstop, and he surprised a lot of people when the Braves picked him in uh, in the second round. I mean, it's essentially it was just it was really just a money saving move. Uh, it wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't a lot of people that saw him and go, yeah, he's going to be a huge riser. Uh, there were a lot of raised eyebrows, mine included, as uh, I thought they were much. I thought they were better players on the board than Bo Phillip, but when you look at Bo Phillip, what you're getting, he's a guy that uh, 
he, he's got a really, really good glove. He's got a really good arm. He, he's a guy that can just kind of keep going. He's a, a former Juco guy out of Joaquin Delta Junior College. Transferred to Oregon, by the way. Um, just a, a solid college career. Not a spectacular one, but he's, he's got the really good glove. His feet are really, really quick. Now, he is definitely glove over bat as he's a little bit helpless with the lumber. Spent, uh, spent all of last season at Danville. Did not get up into low A or high A. Never spent any time in Rome. Um, he's probably going to be a little bit of a slower developer if the Braves are really trying to get that bat to come around as he's got a long way to go. In Danville, he hit 193 with a 297 OBP and a 280 slugging. Good for a 69 weighted runs created plus. Nice, but also not nice. Uh, that, is, that is not good for a player in his 20s in Danville where he's on average probably about four years older than the competition. Danville has some fun arms, some electric arms. Mostly Danville ends up being guys that are 17, 16, 18 years old, guys that have never been able to harness their stuff. That's mostly what he's facing in Danville. In a 297 OBP, not really what you're looking for from a college guy. You would expect a college guy to be able to perform a little bit better. He did hit four home runs, which is about four more than I thought he would hit. He's a guy that doesn't have a ton of power. The Braves may think that there's some kind of locked away as he does have some good bat speed. It's not great, but it's, he's got good bat speed and he's he's quick enough that you think he can get his hips around. Then he might have a little bit more power in there. Five stolen bases. Um, not a bad. I would have expected a little bit more. He's not He's not blindingly fast. He's quicker than fast. But again, in Danville, I probably would have expected him to steal a few more bases. Now, maybe he was a little bit tired from the college season. I'll try to give him the benefit of the doubt. But he does show decent patience at the plate. Had a 10.3% walk rate. Anytime you see a walk rate in double digits, that's a good sign. That's a guy that knows how to stay within himself. If he can keep that up as he rises through the ranks, that'll be a good sign for him. If he's ever going to make it to the big leagues, then he has to do a better job at getting on base, whether that means walks or finding a way to be a little slap hitter whatever the case may be Bo Phillip has a good enough glove to play major league baseball he's got a good enough a good enough glove to be a major league shortstop defensively it's offensively that's the problem so when you start looking around at him you start looking at players that are going to comp comps are never an exact science in fact more people get angry at a comp than than people that get mad at you not making one period but for the sake of you guys I'll, I've been trying to scout through the Braves of somebody that kind of reminds me of Bo Phillip uh, he kind of reminds me of Charlie Culberson. Now, Culberson was a first-round pick back in the day. Again, glove-first type of guy with Charlie. Um, back in his Dodger days, he was a better defender than he, has, than he has been with the Braves. as He wasn't really a good enough defender to stay at short last year when Dansby got hurt. Uh, but I think Bo Phillip is on that type of trajectory. If he's, gonna, if he's ever going to make it to a big league roster, it's going to be later in his career. I believe Charlie was like 27, 27 or 28 before he ever got a, a big league call-up. I don't think he's got the power that Charlie has. And while I don't think Charlie has necessarily a ton of power, I think Charlie has good doubles power. I don't think Bo has that as of yet. Now, he can certainly keep growing as he's getting into a, a, a professional weight training regimen. You could see the strength go up. But as far as his, his ability to play defense and be versatile enough to kind of play all over the place, if Bo Phillip can turn into a Charlie Culberson, that would be a very good outcome for the young shortstop. When we come back from break, we're going to look at my number 29 pick. And this is a guy that all of you are very familiar with, as we will get started with that right after the break, right here on Locked on Braves. Welcome. 
What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Braves. Hope you're enjoying the prospect prospecting here for this episode as we're going to jump right into it. Number 29 on my Atlanta Braves top 30 list is Alex Jackson, the catcher turned outfielder turned catcher again. <clears throat> Alex, Jack- Alex Jackson has had a very wild career to this point. Drafted uh, number six overall, I believe it was, by the Seattle Mariners. Thought at the time to be the best high school bat in the draft. He's a guy who's always had big-time power. The questions were always defensively with Alex Jackson. The Mariners wasted no time moving him to the outfield to try to get his bat kind of moved up into uh, Seattle quicker than if it had been behind the plate. Catchers traditionally are, take a little bit longer to get to the big leagues. As their job has a lot more responsibilities than left field. He's not super athletic, but he's also not super unathletic, I guess is the best way to turn it. He's somewhere between, I mean, he's more athletic than Evan Gaddis, I'll tell you that much. Um, Not ever going to be a great defensive fielder if he were in the outfield, but uh, better than when Evan Gaddis tried to play left field. Fortunately for Alex Jackson, when he comes over uh, to the Braves for one of those trades, I can't remember if his was the was the Shea Simmons deal, or if his was the, uh, what was the other deal? Uh, I think I think his was the Shea Simmons deal, I think. Um, but he came over the same time as Luis Gohara came over to the Braves, and we know what happened with Luis Gohara. Uh, the Braves wasted no time moving Alex Jackson back to catcher. They thought that was a much more stable position for him. They were very light in the catching department in their system, thinking that maybe Alex who liked being a catcher more than being an outfielder, thought it might alleviate some of the quote-unquote attitude concerns that had been kind of floating around the rumor mill in Seattle where it didn't didn't appear like he was happy moving to the outfield. So the Braves moved him back to catcher to try to take advantage of uh, something he'd done for his whole life. Now, granted, he was never a great catcher, but first thing the Braves did was try to work with him defensively. As a matter of fact, I know they told him not to worry about his offensive game at all until they could fix his defense. And they did a, he's done a fantastic job defensively. And he's a guy that when you look at his offensive profile, I mean, it, it pretty much screams itself what it is. Light tower power. If you've ever seen Alex Jackson, when he gets a hold of a ball, he sends them a long, long way. 28 homers in Gwinnett last year, just kind of showing off the power that he's got. Um, now with that comes with that big time power comes big time swing and miss high, high K rates, generally over 30%, which is exceptionally high in the minor leagues. Um, He doesn't really have great bat-to-ball skills. His hit tool kind of limits his ceiling because he's not not really able to make consistent contact. Matter of fact, he's still actually looking for his first big league hit. I would assume that would come at some point this season, but I probably would have said the same last year. Um, He does have decent walk rates. He's, He's shown that he is willing to take a walk. Uh, unfortunately, when he falls behind in counts, that tends to be when he'll start to expand the zone and reach, which is part of the reason why you see his strikeout numbers get as big as they are and why he has a little bit tougher time at the big league level where the breaking pitches are much better than they are in the minor leagues. But what he's done defensively really can't be understated. He came in as a horrible defensive catcher. Couldn't really receive well, couldn't throw well, really couldn't call a game to save his life. And the Braves worked really, really hard with him during uh, during last year and the season before in the minor leagues. And he has gotten, um, he's. I don't want to say that he's you know like an Austin Hedges type, but he has gotten so much better. He's a really strong defender as it is. He's a great game caller now. Just ask any of the pitchers that he's worked with in the minor leagues. Uh, I've interviewed Patrick Weigel before, and he's talked about how he loved throwing to Alex Jackson. Uh, his framing continues to get better and better. He's been able to work with guys like Tyler Flowers, who is kind of a framing marvel. It's kind of like the one skill Tyler Flowers always has. 
Alex Jackson really doing well to learn from one of the best in the game at that. Uh, and he's got a good arm. You know, he has a good enough arm to where you thought he could play outfield. It's a strong arm. Uh, he's still not necessarily the fastest on his pop time, but he most certainly can play behind the plate defensively in a big league game. He does a good job blocking pitches now, too. What he's done defensively is huge. Hopefully, you get to the point where he can kind of translate some of those defensive gains to the offensive side, because as I mentioned, that hit tool is going to limit his ceiling tremendously. If he could make consistent contact with the ball, Alex Jackson has the power to be a 35 home run type of guy. He just doesn't hit the ball enough for that to happen. And in the big leagues, you're not you don't get full plate appearances as a catcher anymore. I mean, it's very rare the the catchers that actually are full starters. There's always platoons going on. And for Alex, if he wants to be able to get enough time to show what he can do or to let that power come into play, he's got to find a way to make contact even if he has to sacrifice a little bit of the power along the way. He almost was dealt in the Shane Green deal a season ago, uh, as I believe the original deal was Alex Jackson and Travis Demerit. Uh, I think I believe it was the rumor was that the Nationals had a a late surge to try to get Shane Green, and so the Braves opted to exchange Alex Jackson for Joey Wentz, and so Alex Jackson remains as the Braves' third catcher. Uh, got some time in spring training this season. Obviously, he's he's done that the past couple years. He would probably be the first catcher called up in the event of an injury because he is the Braves are confident in his ability defensively to last behind the plate and to not mess up the young pitchers with his game calling. He's he calls good enough games, which is a very underrated part of being a catcher is the the ability to make your pitchers comfortable and to call what to call what they want to throw in the situations is a big deal. And his receiving has actually gotten a lot better. He's not losing strikes anymore, which is something that he he was doing early on in his career. As for what he can be, Alex is a weird case because most certainly he could end up being nothing um, because everybody's always going to want to take a chance on that power. But hit tools are one of the hardest things in baseball to to improve on. If you've got a bad hit tool, it's very, very rare for a guy with a bad hit tool to all of a sudden develop a good hit tool. That's one of those things that you might be able to get it to average or to not horrible. And if, if even if he can just get it to not horrible, Alex has the type of power that if he can get it to where say he can get his hit tool up to a 35 or a 40, even a 40, which is below average. But if he can have a 40 hit tool, his power is an, is a true 65, 70 on the scale big-time mammoth power from a big body. If he can get to that point, you're looking at a guy like a Mike Zanino. Uh, Mike Zanino, another guy with big-time power. He took a little while before he really kind of found his niche in the major leagues, but a really, really strong defensive catcher, great game caller, really good framer and receiver, and big-time power. The problem with Zanino, like Alex Jackson, is that he carries really high strikeout rates because he can't make contact with the ball. So, Whatever the case, even if Alex doesn't improve his hit tool, he's always going to have a job as a backup catcher because he is he is a defensive catcher nowadays. That's something that you couldn't have said about him before. So it's not easy to be a catcher in the major leagues. It's a little bit easier than it is in some other positions, but it's a very demanding position. And Alex Jackson being able to say he can be a backup and essentially everywhere should ensure him a decent long career. Not bad for the number 29 prospect for the Atlanta Braves. And that's going to do it for our first show. Monday we'll be back and Monday we will end up doing uh, our number 28 and 27 prospects. Hope you guys enjoyed this list. Again, if you have a different idea for a show that you want me to run, make sure you go to my Twitter at Dylan X short and let me know vote on the poll that I've got up there. You can tell me what you guys would prefer to hear as I will be with you through this long time, this dark time with no baseball. We'll get through this together right here on locked on Braves. 
Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.